Hi guys, I'm Tasha Bishop and you're listening to the Body Language Podcast. I was born with a condition called Maya Rokitansky Kusterhauser Syndrome, which basically means I was born without a womb or internal vagina. Oops, two minutes in and I've already said the V word. It took me a long time to process my diagnosis and for so many years I felt like the odd one out. How do I exist as a woman in a world that deems my sexless, infertile body as useless? So three years ago, I started a non-profit called The Pants Project, a feminist initiative using underwear as a symbol of strength and a catalyst for conversations about bodies. Launching The Pants Project made me realize something pretty revolutionary. We're all odd ones out. None of us fit the mold. So instead of changing ourselves, we're gonna change the conversation. This weekly podcast comes from a personal place, bringing you a filter-free, intimate insight into all kinds of bodies that make up this world. The way we talk about them, hide them, and ultimately how we come to value our imperfections in a society set on perfection. Bodies are more than the labels that categorize them. They are vessels for the stories we write on our journey through life. Welcome to Body Language, the podcast. Before I welcome today's body language guest, I'd love to start by saying a big thank you to Beach Holiday Specialist on thebeach.co.uk, the sponsors of this podcast. After discovering a pretty worrying stat that a third of women don't go for a dip in the sea or pool on holiday because they're suffering with low body confidence, On the Beach's latest hashtag this bikini can campaign celebrates all incredible bodies. So basically, they're saying you do you. Babe, you deserve to enjoy your holiday and sip that pina colada on the beach guilt-free, regardless of your shape, size, gender, ethnicity or colour. Visit onthebeach.co.uk forward slash body language to browse thousands of holidays with a deposit from just £30 per person. Thank you, guys. This week's guest on the Body Language podcast is actress, content creator, coffee addict and the future face of television presenting, Grace Mandeville. To some OG CBBCers, she may be best known for portraying Holly on CBBC's The Spartacal Mystery, or through her super successful Mandeville Sisters YouTube channel. If you've got a seriously keen eye, you may have spotted her in the Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix as a Hogwarts student. I know Grace from a Nike shoot we both did for British Vogue last summer, shameless plug. And in the short time we spent together, it was evident she'd leave a lasting impression on me, not just because we both have dogs called Juno. (laughs) Her unapologetic confidence, intelligence, fearlessness and beauty is electrifying and her presence in the social space as a voice of support for her fellow disabled community is second to none. It's also worth mentioning that she owns the Duck Egg Blue Smeg Fridge of Dreams and every year she likes to eat her hand off for Halloween. (laughs) So, Grace, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. No worries. (laughs) So good to see you. Before we dive into all the curves and crevices of today's podcast episode, we're going to start by taking a little warm-up test to get us into the mood for some hardcore self-love. It's a good time to say I'm not very good at tests. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. I'm sure you'll you'll definitely pass this one with flying colours. If not, we'll have to... Have it's some just copy in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's all about body positivity, so oh. you have to pass. Okay. So, yeah, this is a bit like one of those think on your feet games where you have to answer as quickly as you can and as naturally as possible. Okay. So, don't worry if you have like a complete meltdown and say like ketchup or something okay. really random. I'm going to say that when I don't know what to say now. <laughs> okay. You ready? Yeah. Here goes. Finish this sentence. My relationship with my body is great. 
straight out of the gate. I that was an this. awful word to use though, wasn't it? <laughs> great. <laughs> great. I feel like that's what people reply when they're like, you're having a good Monday. Like, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like people are going to read into that one. Actually, it's great though. It's good. So, if you could say one thing to your younger self, what would it be? Don't wear that prosthetic limb. If, yeah. you don't, if you don't want to. I'm having, I know this is probably really bizarre, but I'm having images of you throwing around your prosthetic limb that somehow doesn't fit you. Yep. I don't know why, but I'm just thinking of like an adult hand. At one point I'd sit at school and I'd just like pull the fingers back because they were like rubber and you could like <laughs> mould them and move them. I had quite a cool one. You could paint the nails and everything. Oh, that is yeah. cool. And I would just like pull them back in class, which freaked a few people out. Yeah, <laughs> that's fun anyway. <laughs> but don't only wear it if you want to do that. Yeah. Know? What does self-care look like to you? Oh, just like, I think just chilling out. Me too. For me, it is just like watching some TV and yeah. just, you know, zoning out. Watching a good film or TV. Yeah. Or right. even even an awful show but yeah. because you're just sitting there and not thinking say, about anything. I'm not even sure if it's good or awful, the general consensus, but I love Gilmore Girls. Oh, no. Makes me feel yeah, so good about I know myself. exactly what you mean. It's wholesome. Yeah, wholesome yeah it content. is. I get you. What is the most ridiculous myth or lie you've heard in relation to women's bodies? Oh, I mean, the first thing that comes off the top of my head is something like, use this and that will get rid of stretch marks yeah, or something like yeah. that. I think I, I used to think that, you know, that like Palmer's cocoa butter yeah. stuff. Um, I think I was told this too. Yeah, they yeah. will get rid of stretch marks. Yeah. I mean, I love the smell of it. So I mean, I still, yeah, it, I still use that stuff, yeah. but not for that reason. Definitely still have stretch marks. Yeah. <laughs> when do you feel your most content? When? As in, mm. as in like what part of the day? or Just mean? like in general, what makes you feel the most peaceful or oh. happy? I wake up in a really good mood. Do you? So if I'm honest, every time I wake oh, up in the morning, I'm so like, ah, oh, it's a fresh day. I think that's what I've always thought. When you wake up in the morning, <laughs> it's so a annoying. fresh day, a fresh start. I'm that person. Oh. I'm that annoying person. I'm glad we don't live together. Yeah. <laughs> what does the term hashtag body goals look like to you? Oh, well, for me, it would be a load of women that you just see off the street, just like mm. standing there. But I feel like for a lot of people, that's completely different. Yeah. It would be changing your body That's and why things. we hate that hashtag. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for me, it would just be a picture that we just take just down the road in Oxford Street or yeah. something. But <laughs> a creepy tourist picture <laughs> in Oxford Street. Real women, you know? Yeah. What is your biggest strength? What's my biggest strength? Probably talking openly about how I feel. Mm. I feel like lots of people are scared about doing that. Yeah, I um, think that's your presenter skills coming through as well. Maybe. Who is your body posse hero and why? Oh, I don't know, you know. Okay, okay I'm, I'm going to sure. say myself, but I don't think that's the correct answer. And I'll think back. You're just panicking then, under pressure. Yeah. Um, I actually, well, I worked with Slumflower mm. and she was an incredible she human. She is so cool. Yeah, she taught me a lot. So maybe Chidera? I don't maybe know. Chidera. That's a good one. I mean, if you're going to pick anyone, always pick Chidera. Or myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what story does your body tell? Oh, I don't know. I guess I'm different. But yeah. proud of being different. Yeah, just kind of being proud to stand out because I choose not to hide it, mm. maybe. Yeah, one of pride. And yeah, you said it. <laughs> finally. Just because I'm a power pants underwear addict, what does your favourite pair of pants look like? Oh, I don't know. I'm not really like... You're not a big underwear fan. I'm not a big underwear fan, which... <sighs> Kick her off the podcast. I mean, I actually do. I have like some really pretty underwear, but they're just mm. not comfy or practical. See, that's the thing. I don't really think that far into underwear. I mean, I have yeah. some like really pretty underwear, like matching bra and like knickers and stuff, but yeah. I never wear them. Last yeah. time I went out underwear shopping and my partner was like, you're not going to wear the matching knickers. <laughs> Let's just be real here. Yeah, I'm like, but they look so nice. It's like you literally won't wear them. They're uncomfortable. It's like crotchless underwear. 
Like the idea of it, probably really sexy. <laughs> Doesn't feel sexy when you're wearing it. You're like, <laughs> me, oh, the idea of it just like it's too stressful. <laughs> I know. So since this podcast is all about the way we view and talk about bodies in society, I'd really like to start by talking about the word disabled. And is it a word that you identify with and use or is it offensive or are we missing the point when society shies away from the world? It's a hard one, isn't it? I think if someone called me like a disabled actress when I was younger and I was first starting out, I would have got quite upset. So I'd be like, no, there's more to me than just my disability. There's my talent too. But now I'm so used to it that I don't really mind, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, Because if someone calls me disabled and I'm doing a job, I feel like instantly it's getting disabled people more out there yeah. and it's becoming more of a norm. Yeah. So it's a good thing for now. So you're but, like forging a path. Yeah, but mm. if I was always called disabled um, and no one mentioned that I actually had some form of a talent or something, yeah. then I'm not sure I would like Which it. Which you do, you have talent in oh, space. <laughs> I was waiting for that, now I'm joking. <laughs> I read... What did I you did read? actually check this quite a few times. Yes. Only 17% of people in the UK were born with, with their disability. Which I never knew. Yeah. No, no idea. Yeah. New I don't statistic. know why that was just an... Ass- I don't know why you sort of assumed, like, have you had surgery or have you yeah. had something amputated or... Yeah. I don't know, was it a disease you... People got? do assume that something else happened. Yeah. Yeah, to me. What was it like growing up? I think it was actually probably harder for my parents because they had to deal with, you know, the doctor saying she should wear a prosthetic limb yeah. and then me throwing it around in the supermarket because I didn't want to wear it. <laughs> so they were the ones that were kind of thrown into the unknown. Yeah. As I got older, I was quite lucky. I had some good friends. So, yeah, I didn't find it that weird, I don't think. I saw a tweet that you posted over the summer that was a snippet of dialogue that you experienced in the park. I assume you're a walking Gina. Yep, probably. <laughs> and so it says, kid walks past me in the park. Kid, look, mum, that's so cool. She has one hand. Mum, shh, don't look. It looks sore. Yeah, that's that's pretty standard, actually. I'm Is like, it? I mean, obviously not word for word every time. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah, children are really curious. And mm-hmm. so their natural instinct is to go, oh, wow. Or even if they are a little bit scared, yeah. they make it vocal. And yeah. usually I'm happy to explain it. Well, actually, all the time I'm happy to explain it to them. The way I do mm-hmm. it is if they go, oh, what happened there? Or that looks sore or that's cool. I usually say, you know, like you've got blue eyes and I've got brown eyes. I've got one hand. You've got two hands. Yeah. And honestly, it's as simple as that. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. And then they just continue going and that's fine. And then I feel like the next person they see of a missing limb, exactly. they probably won't even think it's weird or they're happy to ask a question and most people are happy to answer it. Yeah. As soon as I feel like a parent gets in there, I get why. I, I, I think they feel embarrassed. Mm. But as soon as they pull their child away, I can't help but feel like that child has looks, now learned. Yeah, looks as disabled people as if they're weird yeah. or different and you should stay away from them. Yeah. At least that's how... I'm well. I'm worried that that's how no, it's going to happen. That, I think that like definitely makes sense. Do you think that your disability or the way that you are affected your kind of dating world, dating relationship? The, so the- I didn't. You know, I had some photos on Tinder. He had some photos um, on Tinder. He had like nothing. He had like no social media and stuff. So I did think that I might be meeting oh, an interesting <laughs> human. Um, but I messaged my friends before I was going on the date, you yeah. know, just to tell them where I was, just in case. Yeah. And spoiler, it was all great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until the night before that we thought about seeing each other. We actually didn't that time. But I suddenly thought, oh, I wonder if he's like actually flicked through the last of my photos and seen that I have one hand or not. Yeah. Because if he hasn't and I go in or he goes to shake my hand or we go in for a hug, I don't know. I didn't really date. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It might have been a bit weird. And actually, 
I wasn't worried about me. I was just worried that he might feel a bit awkward. Feel awkward yeah. Because whenever I go for a meeting and someone goes to shake my sister's hand, because I work with my sister, when they go to shake my right hand, they then forget and realise that there's yeah. no hand to shake and get really awkward. And I'm like, oh, this is an awkward way to start a meeting. This is yeah. going to be a great job coming up. And so I feel bad for the people, really, because I don't mind. Like, yeah. it's funny for me. I don't care. But actually, yeah, apparently he hadn't noticed and mm. he didn't think anything of it. Which yeah obviously is why I'm still with him still yeah. with him <laughs> with him forever <laughs> momentarily married <laughs> you know what I meant yeah. hopefully he does too <laughs> fingers crossed <laughs> so that's kind of made me now think about the programme Undateables yes what do we think about that programme so I haven't actually watched it okay um, am I correct so it's people that is people with disabilities yeah. and stuff, right? That mm-hmm. go on, and they make them go on dates. They go on dates, yeah. Right? It's like... I've had uh, about three emails asking three? if I'd like to be on it. Yeah, oh not God. recently, obviously. Yeah. Um, and I was a little bit. I was actually. I hadn't seen the show, but I was quite hurt. I I think it is such a bizarre concept. But there are some people that I've spoken to that have got disabilities that watch it and they absolutely love the show. So yeah. I feel like I need to watch it to give it a chance to understand. Yeah, but. When someone emailed me being like, basically, you've got one hand, you it's should be the on the name. show. I think it's the name. I just, like, can you, I can't imagine being emailed and asked, do you want to go on a show called Undateable? Yeah, so that's what it was, I think. Because I was like, well, what, what about me makes yeah. me undateable? Is it because I've got one hand? Oh, wait, you do have lots of people with disabilities on yeah. the show. That's obviously what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> I just replied saying, already got a partner, but if you want me to present the show... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really happy to do that. Thank you very <laughs> and much. And tell everyone that I have got a boyfriend. Yeah. Well, husband now. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm not really sure about it, but yeah. it's an interesting one. It is. I think the production of it is interesting as well because sometimes it's like funny and I can't tell... Is it meant to be funny or is that like my own prejudice? You know what I'm watching tonight now. <laughs> I'm gonna, okay. I'll, I'll get back to you. I'll send you an essay on what yeah. I think it's like. I'm very much looking forward to that. We'll have to film follow-up episodes. Yeah. What Grace thinks of Undateables. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Obviously, there are prejudices in society, obviously, yeah. to, towards disability. Is it just about showing disability more? Or like, how do we, how do we get over the prejudices that still are around? Is it about talking to kids when they're in school and being like I think it's showing it in the media if I'm honest because Mm -hmm. people can tell certain people things you know they're fine they're normal a disability doesn't matter etc etc but until people actually see it in front of them without anyone physically telling them that I don't think they're going to really believe it at least a lot of people won't yeah so my way of thinking is that we should see as many people in the media as possible which is obvious really because there's no reason why they shouldn't be exactly it's the real world Mm. as you say I think it is just about giving them giving bodies space yeah so you use a lot of humour and sarcasm I mean you mentioned that you were a cheeky child growing up um, when you were talking about disability is this something that you do on purpose to make people feel less awkward is it like is it about rewriting the story that disability is something really tragic to live through I do think comedy does help yeah. with a lot of topics, actually. It yeah. allows people... Well, it makes people feel like they can talk about something, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's the coping mechanism I necessarily use. I am a super sarcastic person. Yeah. I usually tone it down for things like this. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes people can't tell if I'm being sarcastic or not. And I do use humour a lot. But I, I think 
Maybe, because when I first meet people, I feel like as soon as you make a joke about something, people feel like they can talk about it. Yeah. You know, if I've got a spot on my nose, it's the same thing. I'll make sure I mention it to someone beforehand. So, yeah. that so I know that they're not really looking at it the whole time because <laughs> they feel like they can and it doesn't matter. So, yeah, in a way, I think comedy is a really good thing like that. Just a quick ad break to say that Beach Holiday Specialist on the beach has revealed three pretty important steps to getting beach body ready. Number one, put on your swimwear. Number two, find a beach. Number three, shine bright and feel fabulous. Who would have thought in this day and age that anyone, no matter what they look like, could go to the beach and have a ball? I love that On The Beach are banishing the myth of having to get beach body ready. Since over here on the Body Language podcast, I really believe that all bodies are beautiful. So dig that bikini out, go to onthebeach.co.uk forward slash body language and browse through their thousands of great holiday options suitable for every single body. I read an article that Cosmopolitan magazine interviewed you for. And you said, when you get used to looking so obviously different, everything else body-wise seems so minor. Is this still something you feel really strongly about in terms of your body confidence? Yeah, definitely. I don't think my sister will mind me saying, but she's always really struggled with, you know, she wanted to put on more weight, she wanted Mm. to be curvier, um, she didn't like the way her bones stuck out or the way she had a wonky spine because she had scoliosis. Yeah. Me literally never ever ever had a problem and yet you would assume that I would be the one that felt quite self-conscious and I think it is just because I was so used to people looking at my arm all the time yeah I've just kind of got over everything different was just completely normal yeah I actually used to start wearing more bright clothes and I wore like stripy jackets like Beetlejuice jacket and things like that because I was like if people are going to stare at me I want them to stare at me and remember me for my clothing rather than just because I've got a hand so that was the reason why I started getting into fashion and things yeah but yeah I still stand by that statement that I do think I am very confident because I'm so so used to yeah being different and so do you think and have you reached a point now I mean you've been online for ages and like all the work that you do is so like public have people instead of immediately asking you about why you don't have another hand do people come to you and say like I love your jacket like where's that from straight away yeah definitely definitely I actually when we first started up YouTube I made a thing that I didn't want to be known as the girl that creates content about having one hand I wanted to be known as the girl that just so happens to have one hand but is also creating content with her sister I didn't want it to rule my life because it's never ruled my life before and I think we're quite lucky that we have kind of done that our audience well I say that maybe um, some of the videos have done very well when I talk about having one hand um, (laughs) I saw the one on your your channel channel one that has one million views yeah. the one talking about Literally. harry potter yeah and then the other ones i have and the other one ones hat. are like yeah <laughs> so it's still kind of people still love that stuff yeah. i mean I think for the right curious, reasons i guess yeah for the right reasons i mm. think hopefully and you're bringing awareness to it like every single day alongside doing everything you love which I think is really cool yeah I'm hoping that I have a lot of parents that follow me where they've just found out they've just had their child and they've got a missing limb like me yeah and I do get a lot of messages from them saying how lovely it is to see someone just living a normal life because they had no idea what to expect because a lot of the time it's a complete surprise for my mum it was she didn't even know through the scans or anything oh really until the very like very end yeah um so for a lot of them, it's quite a surprise and I think they struggle a lot. And so, yeah, when the parents say to me, it's really nice to just see that you're just living like a normal life. I yeah. say normal <laughs> life like that because it's definitely online. Yeah. But um, yeah, and that's really nice. That's the reason I, that's the reason I continue doing it forever. Yeah, of course. And have you, have you like 
have you spoken to your parents about what that was like when when they first had you as a child like yeah I think I think it was probably hard but I think it's a bit of a blur I think yeah you, I think you kind of forget don't you about the hard things exactly and you always remember the good things remember the good things but I, I mean do... it's not nece- I'm I'm not saying that it's like a hard thing for them to have like had you oh, the I, way that you are yeah but like I think you I've read like so many stuff about about you and how you your parents are the ones who like shaped how confident you are yeah and I don't know I just is that do you think that was just like innate they're just like amazing people who they're got just it right incredible parents <laughs> yeah I mean they are incredible parents I think they didn't really know how to handle it they were told you know that I should be wearing a prosthetic limb and yeah, stuff yeah. and then they saw how unnatural it was and I yeah. think in the end they just went with their gut instinct mm. the only thing that they did used to do which did make me laugh is that they used to get really excited if they saw someone on TV like an athlete that yeah. had a missing limb <laughs> or someone that was like presenting TV and still to this day I'll get like a message or something like being like oh look at this person <laughs> or from other family members and I'm like that's really cool but like why did you have to message me that yeah, yeah. just because they've got a missing limb I don't <laughs> message you every time I see someone with two hands on TV <laughs> um and I and I still don't get it I mean yeah. not necessarily my parents but other people in the family still find it incredible that they yeah. might see someone with one hand and so they instantly think yeah. of me so you talk about positive discrimination a lot and yeah. I was trying to wrap my head around it and I thought that's actually just a really good question because I think so many other people wouldn't understand that too. Yeah. Uh, When it comes to positive discrimination, I guess it started from when I was acting. So after I filmed The Spartacle Mystery, at least the first series, I started to go for quite a few auditions for castings, Mm. for like adverts and things. Yeah. And there's this ongoing joke that I would always turn up to the casting and I would know everyone there because they would have invited every disabled person that they knew. And it used to make me feel quite awful because I was yeah. like, oh, I thought I was going to this audition because I'm good at I'm acting, good at acting yeah. or because they thought I'd be good for this part. But no, they're just ticking a box that says they need someone disabled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It used to get me quite upset. But then as I got older, I started to think about the fact that I wanted to see more disabled people online, on TV, mm. in commercials and things. And I do feel like the only way we can do that, or or at least I feel like they're achieving it kind of already. Yeah. The only way that we can start doing that is, unfortunately, people have to be forced to do it at first. Yeah. And then once people get forced to put this person in an advert, yeah. which technically is, in my eyes, positive discrimination, yeah. as soon as they start doing that, it will become the norm and yeah. people won't have to be forced to do it anymore, mm. hopefully. Yeah. And they'll just think, oh, this girl's really good at acting. We'll put her in this rather than because they're ticking a box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm hoping that's the way it'll work. All I ever want to see is someone that has a missing limb in the film actually have a missing limb in real life. Yeah. Like, just once. I get that not every time they're going to be right. I get you need the big stars, you Mm. know, to get all the money in for the film and get people to view it. But just once, I would like to see it. Or I've seen it probably once. I'd like to see it at least twice, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, I get really frustrated about all of that, which is is why I'm for positive discrimination, because I think we need to start somewhere. Yeah. And, I mean, you... A lot of the work that you do media-wise is presenting and acting. Do yeah. you think you'd ever direct? Do you think you'd ever think about doing something like that? That 
I mean, I wouldn't say no. Yeah. But I'm definitely not trained <laughs> if in that. there's any production you know companies I mean? <laughs> out there. Please I'm definitely not trained. So I would, yeah. um, I would have to learn my stuff. I guess you could work, you could partner with someone. Yes. Partner with a director. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I also actually at one point thought about getting into casting. Yeah. Because I thought that maybe these That's people don't have the, you know, casting. Common sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just mean that maybe these models and actors out there don't have the right agent. Or yeah. maybe the casting director isn't doing their job properly and not showing off their talent more. These, yeah. But... Um, but, you know, yeah. then other things pop up and actually I realise that. Yeah. I should probably train to do it. I'm not going like to be one of those people that's like, it's camera. really easy to get into the film industry. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's I'm not like very that. Very difficult. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm very um, aware you need some talent. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a positive question. What has been your favourite diversity campaign that you've worked on? Or maybe Ooh. not even diversity campaign, just campaign you've worked on that you've been like, I'm so glad that they ignored my difference as a human being. <laughs> And just you know what? Talent. Absolutely, uh, actually, this BBC doc that I've just filmed, yeah. which is called Fashion Conscious, mm. and it's like a mini series because for the first time, I well, not for the first time, but for the first time in a while, mm. especially because everyone's trying to include disabled people in campaigns at the moment, yeah. And so a lot of the time, I feel like I'm just getting employed, maybe not because of me, yeah. But for the first time in a while, I got an email being like, "Would well, you want a meeting? We'd love you to present this documentary." Yeah, and I was like ah, you want me to present it because you think I'm good at presenting because I've worked with them previously presenting. Yeah. And that's literally what they said. Nothing in the show mentions that I've got one hand. Yeah. It's it's never brought up at all. And not once did they talk about it at the yeah. meeting. It was yeah. about a whole different topic. Yeah. And that was really exciting. I think it's really cool that you've gotten to a place now where you are you are being seen for how talented you are. And, and also, also at the place where I'm like, if you want to hire me because I've got one hand... Sure, let's just money. do it. Like sometimes there's some pros and cons to being disabled, and if it means yeah. I am going to get a job for once rather than not get a job because I'm disabled, then sure. Yeah, exactly. And like you say, you're forging a path, and sometimes you have to take one for the team. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, we are finally moving on to Vanity Planet imprint. What even is this thing? So, I'm so scared. We, I'll start with a little introduction okay. so you know what it is. The weight loss industry is valued at $72.7 billion. 48% of women are interested in having cosmetic surgery and it's estimated that only 5% of women naturally possess the ideal body type portrayed by the media, meaning that 95% of women are not represented. 95% of women? Yep. I'm not actually surprised though. I, I mean, that's what's so, like, sad, is it? Yeah, I'm not surprised. You're like, that's a big number, but also not surprising. No. Yeah. So we're going to be looking at the language. Um, we use editorials, advertisements, all that kind of thing. And for today's episode... Yes. I thought we would do Hollywood Hates Humans. <laughs> so Standard, really, isn't it? <laughs> across top-grossing movies, very few characters have been depicted with a disability. Yeah. In 2018, only 2.4% of all speaking characters were depicted with a disability. Okay. And yet 15 to 20% of the world's population is disabled. That's 1 billion people completely underrepresented on the silver screen. Yeah. As we mentioned earlier, many of the actors portraying people with disabilities are not actually disabled. Mm -hmm. And a significant problem tied to social justice, societal and cultural memes is diversity and inclusion in film. And some believe that able-bodied actors portraying people with disabilities should be just as unacceptable as blackface. Yeah, I've, I've read multiple comments like that on Twitter. Mm. So. And the problem with actors is that 
to the naked eye or naive viewer, they're quite good at what they do. I mean, they are actors. They're so. incredible. Don't get me wrong. Um, People are good at this. Yeah, yeah they this. are good at it. And that's kind of the problem is that yeah, if they acted as a bad disabled person, then people would be like, maybe you shouldn't be playing that role. Yeah. But because they're really good at yeah. it. And because they're famous and because everyone loves yeah. them, everyone's like, it's okay. Anyway, so I know you are you are really into film, Grace, aren't you? Am I, well. Have I, <laughs> is your husband really Am I now? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, will so see in a minute when you ask me for some names or something and I'm like, no clue. <laughs> don't worry, no names involved. Okay. Um, I mean, I love films. Yeah. I don't know if I'd... I would never say I'm into film films, geek. just in case. Okay. Um, anyway, so I found this really difficult quiz online. Excellent. This is, it's not difficult. <laughs> I'm sure it is um, for me. Honestly, might be the hardest test I've ever taken. And I thought you could take it too and see if you are fooled by these Hollywood performances of disability. Okay. So all you have to do is tell me whether the actors mentioned are truly disabled or if they're actors playing people with a disability. Okay. Ready? Actors? Good luck, yeah. Okay. okay. So you're going to give an actor's name and then I need to know if they're disabled or not? It's quite easy. Okay. <laughs> is Jake Gyllenhaal an amputee? Oh. <laughs> See, actually, maybe my knowledge is really good when it yeah. comes to this. No, he's not. No, he's not. Jake Gyllenhaal portrays Jeff Bauman in the film Stronger, who lost both his legs in amputations for the 2013 Boston Marathon bombing. Yeah. As of 2015, 14 of the previous 27 Best Actor Oscar winners were able-bodied actors who played disabled characters see now when i have like an argument well not an argument a heated discussion on twitter when i say this person shouldn't be played by a disabled person yeah um or this person should be played by a disabled person yeah um some of the things that people say to me is you know but they needed two legs or they needed two arms before they had an accident yeah and that is the one bit where i'm like i get that you know it's probably easier for the production to to do it that way and then green screen their legs out or something. But yeah. I'm also like, technology is really good. You know, the people have robot arms all the time. So exactly. And we can also just pop a limb on. Yeah. There's actors. You like, can do it the other way. Yeah. But that's the only bit where I'm a little bit like, I get your point. Yeah. We'll, you know, we'll work with that one. Yeah. <laughs> Up for debate. Yeah. In which... In John Wick Chapter 2, actress Ruby Rose plays a deaf assassin. Is she indeed deaf or fully capable of hearing? Mm, I wonder. She's not deaf. (laughs) Ruby definitely isn't deaf. The only Um, thing is, I actually thought, like, she could be partially deaf and still act. So she has fully functioning hearing. A director decided that an able-bodied woman could use her able-bodiedness to better portray the trials and tribulations of a disabled person. Have you seen that? I have seen it. So does she actually, does she wear like hearing aids and everything or does she like do it via speech or? She sign language is everything and she says like I can't hear in sign language but she doesn't even wear hearing aids or anything. Oh. I don't think she does anyway. I just wondered if they pop that on like you know put a prop on her ear as well just to like make it more obvious to the audience. I don't know actually. It sounds very um, Hollywood. It is. (laughs) It's just her her character is also so pointless in the plot of the film. I think I've seen it in in the trailer like her pop up at some point. She's so like you could take her out of the plot of the film and the the film would still be as bad as this. Which is weird isn't it? Because you would have thought they would use them they might as well use someone that actually is disabled. That's That's what makes me think you've literally put this person this character in this film to make it a more inclusive film because yeah, everyone except else is it's not white and <laughs> yeah. yeah but I guess they wanted her in it as well because at the time when they filmed it she was probably just out of Orange New Black or something I think so yeah, yeah. in the X-Men movies Patrick Stewart continuously <laughs> reprises his role as Professor X a wheelchair bound character yeah. 
Is Stuart truly a person with a mobility disability? No, he's not. And you know what? That's probably the only character that I've watched on TV that I haven't got angry at. Oh, really? And I think it's because I watched X-Men from such a young age that I was just linked to the character and it just never clicked. Yeah. And now I'm rethinking everything. Yeah. Um, I'm quite surprised Um, myself. I suppose it kind of... There was one of the questions on this quiz was about... um, was about Chris Hemsworth losing an eye in Thor Ragnarok, <laughs> and then I was, and then I was like, "But he's done half the film yeah, with two so eyes. I get you can't that. get another no. actor." To Sometimes play. they don't know that that's how the storyline's going either. Yeah, I also will say that I actually don't think there's a massive problem with people acting disabled. Yeah, if actors that were disabled were playing normal roles. Does that make sense? Yes. So if they were included in films all the time, it wouldn't be a problem. Mm, And I I would be happy to see someone, you know, pretending to be disabled or having their arm green screened out. But because they're not, and I feel like it's the only roles that Hollywood actually allow them to play at the moment because they don't see disabled people as probably like people with worthy storylines. Yeah. That's why there's a problem at the moment. The final question (laughs) of Vanity Planet, Hollywood hates humans. (laughs) Is a quiet place actress Millicent Simmons deaf? Yes, she is. She is. Yes, she is. And I absolutely loved the film. Me too. I thought, and when I watched them talk about it and everything, I was yeah. like, you guys have done it so right. And it was, it wasn't like, you don't sit there and hear, is it John Krasinski? Yeah. Yeah. You don't sit there and hear him be like, oh my God, it was so difficult having someone who was deaf on no, set. He actually said it was really helpful because yeah. then they knew what they were doing and mm. they could ask her questions and yeah. things. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost like having film. a small consultant. Yeah, and I actually watched it and thought, this is how you do it. Yeah. Like, this is literally how you do it, Hollywood. And he hasn't ruined his career. If anything, he's boosted it <laughs> yeah. a million times over. So. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was a good one to end it on. It was, wasn't it? I'm now feeling good again. Can <laughs> you just read that intro to me again? I feel amazing. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the Body Language Podcast. Sorry. Right. Thank it you so much for having me. So great to have you. Thank and you. Uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. Yeah, definitely. Bye. Bye. That's it, guys. Another fierce episode full of bold body language. Thanks to our partners over at onthebeach.co.uk. I couldn't have done this podcast without them. They share our passion to celebrate stories of self-acceptance and embrace how we can all take ownership of our bodies. For more details and to book your next holiday, check out onthebeach.co.uk forward slash body language. Thank you for listening and shout out to On The Beach for being the game-changing holiday retailers this industry needs. And for all you listeners out there, I hope this made you feel like the sparkly starburst of a human that you are. But if it was difficult to listen to, please know that you're not alone. If you need help or advice, you'll find the relevant support links in this week's show notes. Hit the subscribe button. See you next week. And may the power of pants be with you.